Welcome to the Why Arts Podcast. I'm Jasmine Vellante. On this show, we interview local artists from Frederick, Maryland, who are making an impact in their craft, including artists who are involved with the YMCA Art Center. Together, we'll explore their stories, ambitions, and influences. As we highlight their experiences, you'll learn about who they are, what's next for their careers, and more. This podcast provides a place to find talented creators. We appreciate and thank you for listening. My name's James Connors. Um, I am a Frederick local. I grew up here. I went to TJ Middle and TJ High. I graduated in 2006. I'm 34 years old. I've had a quite uh, uh, turbulent life in a mm-hmm. good way. Um, I feel like I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday about Aang, the last avatar. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I love Aang. And how, and how everyone um, younger than 34 and, and slightly older like knows the last avatar. Mm-hmm. It's a generational show. And I got into a, a kind of argument last night with a friend about like, Hey, do you like Avatar? He's like, no, 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 I don't like Avatar. I'm like, okay, really? Why? Like the blue people? Are they talking about the blue no, people? No, like actually oh, the why? last Avatar. Well, he says, well, everyone younger than me talked about it nonstop, so I decided not to. But mm. the point of this is I love that show because it deals with reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone, even in our own personal mind, we do reincarnate every few years. We go through these different like lifetimes, especially when you move or mm-hmm. like you have different like relationships or jobs. Um, but I'm going to let you ask the questions because I'm just going to freeform <laughs> the entire time. Well, you did already answer. Who were you? Um, let's talk about what kind of art you specialize, James. Um, right now, gosh, what I love to do right now after I get off my job, which is being an elementary school teacher, I love to go home and I look at sculptures I've already made, which are usually these very, very um, organic, 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 just Mm, they look like alien monsters and I have them in my room in my basement and what they are how they're made is I wrap yarn around balloons I wait for the yarn to dry with glue I pop the balloons and then what I'm left with is like this it looks like a like a cicada shell and I have these in my house and what I love to do lately is I love to get special gel medium and just coat the surface to make this really pretty scintillating effect. Um, yesterday I just had some Mod Podge spray paint that mm-hmm. is- um, They make spray paint Yeah, it's so cool. I got some iridescent spray paint. I go with my mom every week into Michael's and we get mm-hmm. some, we try out a new medium. And I spray paint this iridescent Mod Podge on this, this like alien sculpture made and it looks so beautiful. And so the kind of art I like to say I made um, is very much abstract, surreal, very sci-fi inspired. I say post-human <laughs> artwork that really, um, if you know what that means, it deals in this idea of like a post-human or a, a sans or an anti-human um, kind of flavor. It's not very happy it's not very sad it's just very like okay that's colorful and texture is very textural how did you get into that especially going from like i've seen stuff on your website from like 2d where you like do ink and pen and then moving forward to the sculptures how does that go for you um when i was a kid i was really shy and super insecure like a lot of kids are but like as a that's literally my catharsis or like my deal of like why I'm a teacher is mm-hmm. I want to make it easier for kids now because I felt like I was like left in the cracks. Like 
I did not have like the industry versus like shame. I was totally like ashamed. I was like, everything I do is wrong. I think I just was super sensitive. So art class, when I was a kid, that was my favorite class. That was the only time, mostly because the teacher was this like Vietnam vet and he was, and he, but he was trauma, he was, he, he was, giving back by being an art teacher because mm-hmm. he saw all of his friends die in war. His own work, I found out later, was all about Vietnam War skulls and stuff. But I didn't know that. He was just this nice, jolly man with long hair, this gravelly voice. And he used to hum behind me. He's like, Jamie, oh, Jamie, what are you drawing today? And I'd be drawing just whatever. But he made me feel special. And so in middle school, I started entering competitions. Um, you know, 9-11 happened when I was in eighth grade. And the year before, I won a competition for drawing a one-point perspective of New York City. The next year it happened, I drew it again, but like a big dragon was like, was like angry, you know. Oh, so, like before or yeah, after Yeah, before 9/11. and after. Oh. So it was a trip because mm-hmm. like, I loved the, I love, you know, who doesn't like cityscapes? And I was like a, a seventh grade kid. I drew the Twin Towers and all this stuff. And I won... First competition ever won. It was like uh, the PTA Reflections Contest, middle school, seventh grade. It was a big moment for me. I got my giant glasses, and I was always the, the, the chonkiest boy in school. So I'm just, I got a hunchback, and I'm just here with my little medal. And then the next year, 9 11 happened. It wasn't funny, but I drew it again. And um, my whole thing was always pencil. I was always mm-hmm. pencil and details. So I drew like the details. I drew like explosions. I drew people jumping out, and like people were like, Eighth grade, like my parents were like, you probably shouldn't show people this, but I did, and I went. But um, I also did it for attention. Like I really, my friends always laughed. I would draw things in black and white. Mm-hmm. Anyways, eventually I went to um CTC, which is a vocational school here, because I really didn't like school, and I really wanted to get out of having to go to school. Yeah, I'm not a good yeah. poster child for like, hey, stay in school and get good grades. I was very much like, get by until like. I can do something I want to do. And now I'm not so much that way. But at the time, I was like, whatever I got to do to get out of high school. So I went to CTC half the day. At FCC? Yeah, okay. that's right. It's at FCC. Mm-hmm. And um, I wound up in police class. That was my third choice. But welding was taken. Mm-hmm. And the other like art artsy thing was taken. So I was in criminal justice for two years. So it actually made me get in shape. And I was wearing like blue shoes and black shoes. And Blue blue clothes and black shoes. And it was in a portable. Anyways, I applied to MICA, which was the art college in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I had an art teacher at FCC who, again, I could take classes at FCC and CTC and just avoid going to TJ altogether, yeah. my high school. And she, her name's Cynthia Bausch. And I know oh, I love her. She is like my hero. I'm so glad you know her. Yeah, she's awesome. She's an awesome artist as well she is i follow her instagram and uh we'll plug for that later um she just had a piece up at the Della plane and funny thing about the Della plane art museum i interned there when i was 18 my sister interned there when she was 18 my sister's an art teacher too mm-hmm. and she has a piece up and get this it's really weird in 2008 i was in the national juried art show which is the same show she's in she mm-hmm. has a piece up there and I, my artwork was in the exact same spot that her work is in now, which is what, like 15 years later. It's just a weird coincidence. Do you believe like certain energies resonate mm-hmm. with certain spots? I totally believe in synchronicity and there's like another dimension and we're like having these crazy, you know, you know, generational, you know. Yeah, I, I'm all about that. You can go crazy thinking about that, though, mm-hmm. in a good way. But um, yeah, like that's, you know, meta wise, like. 
oh yeah, like that's why the last avatar I come back to it. I'm like, this is a great way of communicating. Just mention the show and say like, hey, you know, like we might have had this conversation in a lifetime. Like you're, you're this person in my life who's going to ask me these questions. And like, I'm ready to be asked questions now because no one ever has. I've never had an interview before. Well, welcome. Yeah. We welcome you. It's a good time to have an interview. Thank you. How was your experience during and after Micah? Well, I was, um, because I was so um, antisocial and self-conscious, I was always very, like, concerned with, like, finding love. And I'm, <laughs> it sounds funny, but, like, I literally, I met my first girlfriend when I was 17. And, like, I, I married her. And we were together for 13 years. Like, I'm, yeah, we got divorced eventually. But I was very much, like, when I met her, my whole, like, art side was, like, it, it it changed everything because mm-hmm. I was like, we're one person. This is great. You're my partner. And she's a great artist, too. And we, we, we landed on the best of terms. But my art uh, kind of took off going full abstract, full surreal, heavy pen work, very detailed. The gore and the representation faded into just purely non-objective stuff. I was an illustration major. And right in 2008... The financial crisis happened, and it was like kind of like now with AI. It's like okay, I'm in this major that's going to be redundant. Like uh, no one's going to hire an illustrator. Mm-hmm. I also really couldn't tell stories. Like I wasn't a good narrator or a storyteller. Uh, it was more about like putting out a feeling. And um, I feel I have mixed feelings now about Micah. I I love the school. But um, it was very expensive, and if you don't have like great scholarships or uh, really, you know, a great, uh, you know, parents who will cover it, like I'm, been, yeah, like three hundred grand until I'm like forty, and I just have to wait. I have to be a teacher for eight years to get that paid off, and so I'm a teacher now. Finally, I've had twenty two jobs. Yeah, twenty two. So I'm not like the best, like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I also went to graduate school, too, you know. Was there any shortcomings or, like, any struggles during this time? Yeah, I constantly questioned myself all the time. I always felt like I wasn't a great painter, even though, like, you pay, like, hundreds of tens of thousands of dollars to be in a painting class, you Mm -hmm. know, with great painters. But um, I have classmates who, like, were very confident and secure and, like, took off. Um, But now that I'm older and now that I have time to reflect and, like, also be alone... Um, I realized like, wow, I wish I took way more classes or like, I wish I was just more, I don't know, more open to criticism. I just was afraid of like, you know, just, just you're, it's always self-consciousness, you know? How did you come to a point where you've called yourself an artist? Uh, like first grade. Yeah. And I tell all the kids that, and that's kind of, and, and it's been so long. Like for, I've been a teacher for three years and I tell all my students first day of school, like, Hey guys, what's art? Art's any art's creation. What's creation? Well, someone made that chair. Someone made that carpet. Someone made you. You know, you're art. You're born an artist. And one of the best things about being human is making art because you are art making art. And that's mm-hmm. like that's honestly, and I really try to like get that feeling out of them every day that like you just making something is a is a net positive in your day. Like, you are actually doing what, you know, spiritual or not. I'm a very spiritual person, but I'm like, you are, like, letting the universe 
come out of your hands. You're making it, you know. A creation creating is like, that is what we're supposed to. And I say, t- humans are good at two things. We're good at destroying and creating. Like, what are you going to do <laughs> today? So I really, really play that up. And the artwork is, is amazing. Today we made paper mache masks. It's been a three-month-long project. So, like, the masks have glitter and Mod Podge. It's glossy. Some kids have, like... You know, really crazy details. Some one girl's making a Pennywise mask, which I don't know if it's just to be appropriate, but you know, <laughs> there's like a clown with like red thread dangling down, and like, it's good stuff. What would you say your inspiration comes from? I've seen it a lot with like sci-fi. Um, how did that start, and how does that affect now? When I was a little boy, um, Lord of the Rings came out, and that was like huge. Being like nine and seeing like. You know, the first Lord of the Rings movie, seeing like all like the orcs and stuff, that blew me away. The the Matrix was like a huge deal for me and many other people. And you can see it generationally. Like now, I'm like mm, fifteen years past when that was like a new thing. Mm-hmm. That aesthetic of very 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 um, grotesquely decorated armor or um, cybernetic um, machinic what's the word, biomorphic um, characters and machines. Now it's just permeating the culture. You can't even, it's not even new anymore. It's just a part of like the visual language. There's Instagrams where that's all you see is Mm -hmm. like retro sci-fi futurism. There's the synth wave is just like the fetishizing it. Um, And it's really cool. And it's kind of weird now being at this place where I'm like, Okay, the aesthetics that I was really into that like really got me excited about drawing in the first place, like it's in there. But now it's like, you have to turn off the brain saying like, okay, like, don't criticize your own work because it's already existed. You'll, you want to find something new. And sometimes it's hard to find something new. So you just have to make it for yourself. Do you find yourself creating or trying to brainstorm concepts that are quote new? Or do you fall into a, like, categorizing your art? That's a really good a good like avenue of thought because like that's honestly what you know people go to get their MFAs mm-hmm. about which is like how do you find something new it that I had a professor Jeremy Gilbert Rolfe who gave me such a hard time and he he got let go I have so much juice I could give I should write a book <laughs> but um uh I had a lot of trauma through that process but his whole thing was he was really smart too he was like he was like you're either um making something new or renaming something that exists mm-hmm. um and that is the production side of art in, in terms of like the academic field. You're either making something new or you're renaming something so we can understand it better. And I used to throw my head against the wall trying to do that because that's a really hard thing to do. I tell the students, it's like you are like the future and everything you do, you're literally making the future. And, 100%. And, 100%. and all I can do is like expose you to the media and the mediums and art tools and show you what's been done so you can go off. And I, 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 pu- I push it really hard with the third graders like this year. I'm like, we had a spaceship unit. I'm like, guys, and some, some parents might, you know, but I push it. I'm like, guys, we're human beings, you know, you, we're going to have a lot more people soon. Shouldn't we like, I don't know, live on other planets one day? Of course we should. Well, great. There's a video here. Look, we found 200 other Earths. Hey, that one's twice the size of ours. You know what? 
when you have kids, or maybe when you're an adult, we might be trying to go here. Let's build a spaceship. And so they have a, a spaceship concept design where they just build concept design, mm -hmm. flying ice cream cones, flying pizzas. And then we draw the schematics. Okay, well, how many levels is this? Where's the bedroom? Where's the bathroom? And they draw and they put it side by side, like an interior and exterior with chalk and learning about shade and tint and value and the sun. And they look so cool. And I'm like... Then we have, and I'm like, you're engineers. So we have an engineering unit where they're engineering like ruins. Like, okay, you're archaeologists now. Let's go undug the mine pyramids and stuff. And they're building these little mine pyramids. How does working with children um, that are experiencing and creating their own styles affect you? Does it help you rediscover anything within yourself as an artist? I think because they're so innocent and so um, curious and not... They're not at the age yet, and I did this intentionally. I intentionally wanted to work with elementary students because I I wanted to <laughs> the radical agent. Like I wanted to get in the and and they they're into it, and the, everyone's in the know about it. And they're like, well, this makes sense. I mean, this is this is what we pay our teachers to do. Like I want to um, give the kids. I what I get out of it is that I feel like I am giving back for sure, but I am also um, I've had so much dread and self doubt as an artist, mm -hmm. and I would literally like go on Instagram and like and like uh, what is it doom scroll myself to sleep for months on end. Even after I had a great show, I had a great show in twenty nineteen, um, but like oh not enough people went to it, and like a lot of people went to it. But the, you get in these really mm -hmm. these vain like, like oh the, how many followers do I have? The and validation. The validation and mm -hmm. being like a really shy kid. Um, that was bad for me. And so I take it easy now. Um, also, How does social media affect your way of creating? I used to like, be, I used to treat it like a job. I would go on and I would, I would find other artists I liked and I would write that, I would save in the notes, like their at sign, like their, their user, their handles. Mm -hmm. And I would message other people saying, Hey, you might like their work. And in the process, we all be friends. And then I would just be like this bumblebee. Um, Social media influences my work now. Um, I'd say very, very, I like to say not a lot now. Get used to because I would actually stop working because I would actually be kind of like focused on other people's work and mm -hmm. saying like. Getting into the consumption of like yeah. others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I, I really like, um, I have to say I am a. This is not the most interesting about me, but I do have like this pathology or this interest. I am a big military nerd. I love uh, history. I'm a big history nut. And um, more than anything else, like I know play video games. I used to play Halo a lot mm -hmm. when I was really little. But I do love the idea of like sci-fi, military history, and also archaeology. Social media now, now it's just, um, what do I do? Oh, I watch YouTube movies about Ukraine, the war every night. But it's not the sad thing. It's like a, wow, like look what they're doing. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff. It's, that's just the real, real stuff. Um, You've talked about um, being in the Delaplane. Yeah. Uh, how was that? Like, how was your experience going from, like, something locally to even overseas? I saw you were doing shows in, like, South Korea. Yeah, I used to, I've had um, my artwork seen in England and South Korea and Japan I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there? No, but my artwork shipped there. <laughs> and that's the thing about drawings is you frame it, which costs money. You ship it, which costs money. But flying yourself, that would cost a lot more. I would have loved to have gone. I've been to China and the Netherlands, though, and I love Amsterdam. But um, the artwork's been there. So I mm -hmm. always say and I always tell people, like, yeah, I've shown globally. I mean, you have. My artwork's been seen. It's been shown globally. Um, 
Being a Dell plane was great. Um, I lived in California for 10 years. I didn't plan on coming back to Maryland. I mm-hmm. love Maryland, but I really didn't plan on coming back. I definitely didn't plan on coming back. I definitely didn't plan on becoming a teacher like 10 years ago. That was like everything I didn't want to do. Um, but I I feel like I had some like spiritual epiphanies like when I was like 27-ish where I realized like I felt being in an office environment or being in like in a producer environment or a service environment, which I had been, I'd been everything from a custodian to working on a tarmac of an airport to uh, being a bank. I worked in banks. I worked at Staples and Sears and customer service. And I felt like that was going to be my life. And I was at a point where I had private loans Mm -hmm. and my, my um, my ex-wife was, was covering my bills. And I was like, this is going to be my life. Cause it was like, you know, Mm, like the cost of a house and there was no relief for private loans. I actually went, I happily, and I will say this, like if you have private loans, go bankrupt, do it. Cause it's the best decision ever. <laughs> 2020. And this is like kind of strange and awkward. And remember I worked in a hospital during 2020, like cleaning the building. Um, that was one of the best years of my life. Cause Why? I Why had, I had time to not have to go to work. I had time to be single for the first time after like 13 years in a relationship because the divorce happened right before. I had time to just not have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And for someone who like felt like they could never make their payments ever and that was going to be your life, oh, to suddenly like not have to make your payments, actually see the money you make for the first time as an adult being like a 30-year-old, that was wonderful. Also, the social anxiety of having to like, oh, everyone's going out having fun and you're at home. Oh, now I'm the one going out all the time. So I tell people that, but I mean, everyone had a different experience. My worst year was 2019 when I thought my partner was dying, you know. Mm-hmm. We all have very different, but that's that's a generational thing. Like, apparently people think millennials, their moment was 9-11. For baby boomers, it was like, I don't know what, the, the hippie thing. If for the 80s, it was... Uh, people answer this question every general, but for the younger ones, it's COVID for sure. It ruined everything. It like totally threw off everything. For, I'd say so myself. For me, too. it was like a vacation. It was weird. Or, it's a sci-fi movie, you know. I honestly, going back to the idea of rest, uh, when COVID hit, there was a good part of my life that was put on almost like a pause, where I was able to rest my head and able to create more stuff. And would you say, in your experience, that period of rest allowed you to create more stuff afterwards? Or was it just, like, calm before, more storm? Or was it more clearing for you? I was really into Ram Dass and meditating. I meditated, like, two hours a day. Um, I, I, like, did a crap, a lot of cardio. I really just got myself in that state where I just felt so euphoric all the time and and that can that can you could burn out on that but Mm -hmm. I felt so because I really did a lot of the self mantras a lot of the books and I was just in a state where like my life was ending I was you know divorced bankrupt and uh you know the, the literally the world's being shut down and I'm like you know um but I the work turned really cool. That's when I stopped drawing and I started working on sculptures. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where the molt theme came from. And I feel like I've been molting for three years. And I think molting is a great, useful term because we're always like shedding our skin. But how much do you shed at one time? How much have you really carved off? Mm-hmm. You know, if you keep your molt, like, well, the COVID molt was pretty hardcore. Like, um, I went from being like a really like, 
uh, docile and sweet. Like um, my job used to be uh, in a school where I would help kids with emotional, like highly emotionally volatile students. And my job was to talk them down every day. Mm -hmm. And at some points I'd actually have to keep them from hurting themselves. And so I had that job every day in Carroll County. And then suddenly I couldn't go back to work, you know, and what was I going to do? And I, I was heartbroken. Um, so turning heartbreak into um, fun, turning, mm -hmm. turning sadness into like delight, that's really hard. Um, but that requires like being alone and sometimes like having to be alone. It, it's helpful for that. Because when you know you can't be and you know all your friends are hanging out, like, I get that anxiety. Mm -hmm. oh, like, FOMO. FOMO. Like, <laughs> so bad. So bad. And um, I, and then I've had to go through periods where I realize, like, if friends don't want to invite me to things, are they really good friends? Mm-hmm. Ugh. You know? Are they really friends you, you, you want to consider friends anymore? Are they just acquaintances that you love? That you used to be good friends? And this term is, drives me crazy. I used to be like... We're all one. We're all connected. I'm you. You're me. You're just in a different form. You're living out your karma. Mm -hmm. And I used to really, you know, I still feel like that. But as in the, as this alive corporeal body right now, I have to be really better about discerning between a friend and an acquaintance. A friend doesn't like slow, low key backstab you, you know, by or a ghost you over time. And you could tell I got some. Yeah, I got some, some I, stories. I got some stories about that. <laughs> but you love them and you, you, you let them go, just like you let someone you love go, who mm -hmm. you realize the path, the trajectory is not on the same course. Sometimes it's better for each other to just, you know, yeah, you're friends, but you're not my best friend. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. yeah. When it comes to, like, your art and, like, kind of coming back to cir circling back there, how did you see success as an artist? Yeah, that's a really good question. They have like, there's so much to that. I remember being like a teenager and just feeling like, gosh, I would just be happy if like someone just saw my art once, mm -hmm. any of it, you know? And now that, you know, there's technology, you could just throw it at people, you can get ads to send it to people, which I used to be obsessed with. I would, I would like make money, I'm like, put, you know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna make people see my art, I'm gonna submit it. And people liked it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's how you get followers. And again, are they real followers, you know? Did you pay? Did you pay for them like four mm -hmm. years ago, and they're still there? You don't know, you know. And then you're like, but um, the I feel like success for me, and that's why I became an art teacher. I think people think like when they like they look at me funny when I say like, yeah, I have my dream job. I'm like really? It's because I'm a young teacher. They've been doing it since right out of college. Mm -hmm. When people become teachers right out of college, I suspect, and I have this. I could say this is like. They don't really have other jobs to to compare it to, so they think they have this like drag of a job. Oh, I gotta be here for forty years. All these kids, you know, and I'm like, look, like I didn't have health care until I was like thirty. Like, uh, <laughs> like, oh, you get a pension? Oh, cool. You get a contract, and they can never fire you unless you do something terrible. And even then, you have unions to protect you. It's just because a principal doesn't like you, they can't fire you. That's not like any job. Like, that's a good deal. And um, I used to think like, oh, I'm an artist. Like if I'm an art teacher, it's not really like, I'm not really like producing anything. Well, it's like, that's BS. You're just trying to find a way to be happy and make money just so you can live and rent someplace that you, you know, which I, I live at home. Like that's all my mind is like, I have a girlfriend and I want to rent a place. Mm -hmm. And that's all I think about. And like, so when I go home, I have a beer and I spray paint like something. And I watch uh, like Succession with my dad and... I'm just really trying to enjoy time with my family now before I move again mm -hmm. the second time. And yeah. just trying to really milk that for all the good quality feels I can. So what kind of advice would you give 
one of your students yeah. that's struggling with the things that you've been struggling with? I feel like, um, and I say this sometimes, and I feel like for students, it's like, I would say, don't, 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 don't think about what other people might think about your art. Don't care about what people think about your art. It doesn't matter what they think. It honestly does not. It should only matter if you're like an illustrator or a marketing and you're trying to make people pay for something. Because if we commodify our expression, our self-expression, we try to commodify it in a, and to get likes, which is what people do. And people have been doing it since the dawn of time. Like, oh, I want to be a painter. I want to sell my paintings. I want to have a job as an artist. Well, if we commodify that just for you're not going to have a good time. You're going to get an artist block for a decade and you're going to be depressed in a sad relationship and you're going to figure it out again. Just do whatever you got to do to turn off that voice. That's my advice for um, being a successful artist is an artist who actually uh, lives their art. And you can live your art not by producing anything with your hands. You can live your art by dancing. I used to go out dancing every weekend. I'd drive to D.C., just go to Flash, just to move around, just to, just to get out there. You could dress. You could live your art through the way you look, mm -hmm. how you talk to people. How, what you do every day. And I have to tell myself that. And sometimes I don't like how my art looks. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I can't wear anything nice to work because I got paint on my clothes. And I'm a little down about it because I used to be a pretty fashionable person and a smaller person. And, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I have a mantra. I do it every morning. I write three pages just like the creative. The movie. Artist Way by Julia. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I read it twice now. The first time I got... Like eight weeks in, so I'm like, I felt like a failure. I like couldn't even do that. Now I read all twelve weeks, but I didn't do the last two lessons, and now I'm, I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna write the three pages, and I do. And some mornings I'm falling asleep, but I do it, and see the pen works all crazy. Mm -hmm. And you make the thing is, you end your three pages with with five. I'm sorry, this is what, this is what I remember, and I do it, and I still do it. You end it with three mantras, and you write it five times, and I start it. And I, and I write it, and, it's, and she even suggests these in the book. It's like, through my creativity, I forgive myself and others. Through my creativity, I forgive myself and others. I say that five times. Write that five times. Mm -hmm. Then I write, I accept God's unfolding. I accept God's unfolding. I accept God's unfolding. And the fifth one is, I trust my perceptions. I trust my perceptions. Trust my per and for me, that, that's just saying those and telling myself that and actually really trying to believe it. Because sometimes you write, and you just write. That's the thing is, like, it's not even about you believing it first. Like, you indoctrinate yourself into being in a better state. Or at least thinking you are. It's a, and placebos are very powerful. And that's yeah. what it is. And you, you make yourself happy and create. And you just know, like, you know, you, you can't, you don't want to think of, like, making art as a job. Because you're going to, just going to be sad. Um, and I think people get hooked up in the vanity of it and the ego of it. Oh, look at me, I made a job. Like, um, and I think that really turned me off in college, in art college. Uh, getting into an MFA program is a great idea if you want to just like be with a bunch of other weirdos. Like you, art school is great for being a bunch of the weirdos, you know. And that was wonderful for me. I met my my one of my best friends. His name is Z, um, Z Ellis, and he's a he's an illustrator and he makes graphic design and he he goes LARPing now and he makes That's like fun. yeah he makes Magic the Gathering token cards and he even designs like special LARP gear and he's doing what he wants and he knows it doesn't matter if he makes a living off of it if he. But he does make, you know, good money. My mom and I have a, a, a vendor booth that we pop up sometimes. And it's just like, I think making art 
should be just for you, um, for you. And people like it, they do, that's great, but don't get hung up on the um, the the ego drive of it. Yeah, the validation coming, the, validation. the external validation. Yeah, yeah. the external validation, it, that's the thing. Yeah. And I, know, yeah, I think that comes with maturity too, and just like, or just being really sensitive with yourself, like what do you get out of it that doesn't involve other people seeing it? And I think for a long time I made art, when, especially when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to show this to my friends. They're like, oh, I'm going to draw this. I would draw people I had crushes on, you know, and I found it later. And I'm like, well, I wasn't planning on showing this to her. So I definitely, like, got it. But it was, like, very much, like, um, infatuations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess all art is kind of infatuation. Like, I'm infatuated with, like, I don't know, organs and things. Like, I don't want to see one, but, like, I want to draw one. Yeah. That's weird. Okay. Well, thank you, James, for coming by. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate all the information that you've brought to us today. I feel like I really got to know you. I hope the people that are listening got to know you, too. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow James Connors on Instagram at jamesconnorsart or check out his website, jamesconnorsart.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Why Arts Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Volante. Shout out to the producer, Robin Smith, director, Anthony Brock, and the YMCA for providing us with this platform. Have a great week. Peace. Peace.